yeah. Well, hey everybody, this is uh, J.C. Dean and Raj Law. This is our third episode <laughs> of the uh, 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 Fit Smart podcast here, and uh, we just wanted to go over a few questions we got today. Uh, how you doing today, Raj? Well, I'm doing. I'm doing great there, J.C. It's a pleasure to be here with you on our third podcast. My God, it's great. You know, it, great. it really is good. Um, I'm going to be in Boston here in a couple weeks, and I think we ought to film us a maybe film it and maybe even do us a little podcast there in person. What do you say? Oh, I think that's going to be a smashing good time, mate. We're gonna we're gonna sit on our butts and eat great food, and after that, we're gonna pick up some weights with our arms, possibly our legs, maybe even our mouths if we want to train our jaw muscles, and uh, and then eat some more food. What do you say about that, JC? Well, that sounds pretty pretty good to me, and uh, you know we're gonna to have to hurry up and get this uh, this episode done. I'm looking out the window there, and I see uh, see some of the horses need watering, and uh, and uh, the cows. Uh, I need to go clean up some cow poop out there. Oh, well, can't say anything to that there. Go clean up the manure. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks Thanks a lot for listening to this uh, podcast. We got a couple questions. First one is uh, mass gaining programs, our experiences, and some uh, takeaway points, the highlights of what's important, what's not important, and how to go about it. So do you want to start this, Raj, or you want me to go ahead and start, or? Uh, I'll let you go ahead and start this one. I will follow up with some nuggets of joy uh, on my own. Cool. <laughs> so a lot of things that go on with mass gaining programs is if you look in magazines or you look in the latest whatever online and you're reading an article, there's 101 ways to go about it. And what I've found and I believe what Rogers found and lots of other uh, strength coaches and, and, and trainers will generally say that Progressive overload, meaning that you're adding weight to the bar over time and getting stronger, is key. And saying that, essentially, you can do pretty much any program known to man as long as it's not uh, super crazy with volume, meaning that you're not doing a ton of sets uh, every day and, and you're providing enough time for recovery. So... A couple of the ways you can go about it is, especially for beginners, I personally like to push full body strength training and something like starting strength. Another book you might find is called Beyond Brawn. For any beginners listening, I would highly recommend you pick up both of those books. They will take you very far in your mass gaining efforts. So what I'd like to do is set a beginner up on, on uh, full body strength training. Basically what's happening is they're getting lots of practice with the, the main movements, squat, bench press, deadlifts, push presses, rows, and with more practice, you, you become more efficient. So essentially what's happening is, is you're getting stronger, always adding weight to the bar, and as long as you're eating and resting enough, you will see Muscle gains. So you can you can start with full body strength training. Um, you can also move into upper lower splits. If you go to my site, I outline the really really popular. This gets a lot of traffic on my site. The Lyle McDonald bulking routine, and what it is, it's an it's an upper lower split over four days per week, and it's generally a couple movements for each body part, and uh, you're working anywhere in the six to twelve rep range depending upon which movement you're doing. And in general, one of the guidelines I've seen people throw around a lot is about 40 to 60 total reps per body part per training session. So what that 
ends up equating to over the week is 80 to 120 reps total for your training volume. Now that can vary depending upon the intensity and you know if you're really if you're lifting really heavy in the three to five rep ranges you're not going to be able to get that many reps within that rep range if you're lifting really heavy. If if you are more power to you but I like to see how your joints are feeling after five or six weeks. So there's a lot of different ways to, to manipulate that. Five by five programs are known to be really good mass gaining programs. And then you also have what you find in uh, a lot of bodybuilding magazines, which is body part splits. And I'm not too big a fan of those simply because I would say that a majority of the people that want to gain mass do 10 times better hitting each body part anywhere from two to four times per week as opposed to just slaying that muscle one day per week and then giving yourself you know the rest of the week to rest because honestly you don't really need that much time to recover and the more time you can actually train and stimulate your muscles the the better chance you have at gaining mass uh, more efficiently and faster that's what I'll have on that um, what do you what do you think Raj? Yeah, um, in terms of, you know, especially what I've found that works best for most people, uh, it's generally just a full body strength program, mainly because when you're starting off, especially for beginners, uh, there's really not too much, there's not, you don't need to focus so much on like isolation exercises. So, you know, you can do them, but you don't want them to be the main focus of your program. So definitely just focus on getting stronger um, in the big, the big exercises. So like the squat. Uh, deadlift, chin-up, pull-up, um, overhead press, uh, bent-over rows, uh, leg press. Did I say leg press? Leg press. Um, pretty much anything that you can add a lot of weight to. And the more you can add, the more weight you can add to an exercise, the more potential it has you know, to put on size as opposed to um, a dumbbell curl, perhaps. You know, you can't obviously curl that much weight. You, you'll do more on a chin-up. Just doing one chin-up, you're already doing more than you could because on a more on a pull-up or a chin-up than you would on a bicep curl just because of the mu- different the muscles that are involved as opposed to just isolation exercises with the uh, dumbbell curl. So that's my main go-to for people, you know, train three to four times a week. And the more they're training, the more we have to split it up. So like you were saying, the upper and lower split. Um, what I found really works best is to pick a, um, a main compound movement for um, one of those days, so let's say you're doing a lower body day, mm-hmm. you just do a squat variation, a squat or a squat variation on that day, and then the next lower body day, you could do a deadlift variation. And then on one day, you could do, on the upper body day, you could do a bench variation. And then the next day, you could do more of a pull, very heavy pull. So like a row, a barbell row, things like that. And that would be your heavy movement for that day. And you could progress, you could pretty much keep the reps a bit lower on those on that first or first upper lower body day and then the second upper lower body day you could up the reps and treat it more like a let's say a typical like eight to eight to ten rep ranges keep them keep it in that range or you could go a little bit higher you definitely want to get stronger over time in all the rep ranges i think that's something that you know not a lot of people really focus on this either you know stay in the five to eight range and don't do too much else outside of that, but you know it, it. Weights get heavy, so you want if you want to really maximize your gains after a certain point, you want to utilize all the rep ranges and really 
focus on that. So assistance exercises have their place. They just come after the compound movements, which is where you get the most bang for your buck. So yeah, I, I like what Roger said there, starting out with heavy movements and you know progressing to, to assistance exercises. Something actually was written on Facebook. I thought it was a really, really good point. For most of you listening, if you're, if, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but there's a couple guys on YouTube called the Hodge Twins. I posted a video uh, called Eating Right Before Bedtime that they, that they did and on my Facebook wall. And of course, I got a, a lot of comments. But one comment that really stood out to me, I thought made a lot of sense. And I completely agree with it. Apollo said, this is strictly for the LOLs. I found some nuggets of decent info from them, but overall, I would never point anyone to the Hodge Twins if I came across a newbie looking for help. If anything, and this is the main point here, they are evidence that as long as your main focus is progressive overload in the gym, your thinking on just about everything else can be off base and you'll still get results. And this is completely true. If you go to the gym and you see you see the guys that are big and strong and they've obviously gotten results over the last few years... If you look at their training, you'll see that they started off with light weights, and now they're probably pushing pretty respectable weights. I have not met anyone that is big and strong and and is not pushing considerable amounts of weights. They're 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 always squatting heavy, they're benching heavy, they can do chins with weight um, around their waist. So yeah, I mean the take home point is get stronger over time and let the magic happen. In my personal experience, this is totally true for me, when I started out, I remember being in the weight room at like 13, 14 years old and thinking I was super strong when I finally put 25s on the bar and I was benching 95 pounds. <laughs> and, and you know, but like now I look at what, what, I, what I do and what I squat compared to then and it's, it's considerably, you know, it's considerably a lot more and, you know, obviously my body has changed. I've probably gained... Um, a total of 30 or 40 pounds of lean body mass since those days, of course. And if you look at any pictures from back, you know, any pictures even from when I was like 16 or 17 compared to now, um, it's a huge difference, drastic difference. But in my experience, I've done I've done a little bit of everything. Uh, after, after my high school days uh, of training with the uh, football team, which was some of the best training in my life, went to college and then I kind of got into like this stupid bodybuilding splits and you know that doesn't really work for me and then I kind of got smart again I started doing uh, more strength training uh, did starting strength template for a little while and then I moved on to a, an upper lower split which Lawrence Hosanna actually introduced me to and I still use a variation of that split with my clients to this day and then I experimented with more volume, more intensity. I've trained three days per week. I've been even training up to six days per week as of the last year. And essentially what I found is as long as you don't you know, go from one extreme to the next, your body will pretty much adapt to anything. So when I say that, if you're doing extremely low volume and you're training three times a week, if you jump into a six, six days per week routine, and you double your volume, you're going to burn out pretty quickly. But if you if you train for a few weeks, doing you know three times three times a week, and then you slowly start adding volume, and then you add a day, and you know you keep doing that until you kind of adjust to it, and then you add another day, like you can really train as much as you want. I mean, if you look at the if you look at some of the Olympic athletes, and you see how strong and 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 how much lean body mass some of those guys carry. 
they train every day. Some days they even train twice per day, but their load is, is, is manipulated. It's pretty low volume, super high intensity. Or you have some of the bodybuilders who train a moderate intensity, but really high volume. And typically it will work one way or the other, but you're, you're setting yourself up for disaster if you do high volume, high intensity, and a high frequency. In my experience, not to be too vague, but pretty much everything to an extent will work. It just has to be practical for your schedule. Has to be has to be practical in terms of volume and and intensities. You know, in terms of my own experience, like when I, when I first started out, ah, I was doing I was I was squat. I eventually started to squat, but I was I was just doing leg press, uh, curls, pretty much anything I could find in those magazines. Is random stuff that I found on T Nation, um, and it worked. It worked because you know, like like you were saying, I focused on getting stronger over time, and that wasn't something I consciously did. I just like, okay, sweet, I can lift this today. All right, let's see if I can lift more tomorrow. This was almost like a game, so you know, it was a game that worked in my favor, uh, most fortunately. And I think the strongest and like the largest I've ever been, I, I eventually got up to like two thirty. Um, back in like 2009, like late 2009, um, during my internship. And that was on a, a four day training split. And it was just pretty much an upper lower body. And we, we, like I was saying before, we just focused on getting stronger. We did trap bar deadlifts, uh, bench press, chin ups, um, just rowing, not even barbell rowing, more like dumbbell rowing. But the rep ranges varied so much that it, it automatically, the rep range pretty much determines how much you can do and the the freak like the intensity of the load. Like if it's a fifteen rep, fifty if you're trying to do fifteen reps, you're not gonna be using the most weight that you could be using in terms like you're not gonna be squatting what you do for five reps for fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. And if you are, well, I hope you're not <laughs> hope your form's not horrible. But that all the reps automatically determine the load that you'll be using, especially if you want to get all of those reps. So just by programming the the rep ranges differently into your programs on different days, you automatically control that. And I found that that it keeps it simple, and you don't you don't have to think about it too much. You say, okay, well, if I'm doing rows for 15 reps, and I can I can do you know 225 for five. Obviously, you're going to be using a lot less, and that will control everything. And it'll make sure you really just you know you get strong in every different rep range which you want which is what you want for overall growth and i found that to be super effective in terms of like that, that's the largest i've ever been the strongest i've ever been hopefully i get back to those levels of strength but i you know i'm just training you know about two three times a week now and that, that kind of goes to another topic um, like you're saying everything will work but it has to fit your schedule so now i don't train four times a week anymore so sometimes my, you know, my sessions will be longer just because I, I'm in the gym for fewer days. So I'm hitting more things during those sessions, but you can still make it work. It all depends on the goal. Like for fat loss, of course, you're using less, less overall volume. But for mass, if you're training two times a week, you'll just be doing more on those two days than you normally would if you spread it across three or four days. Here's a question that was actually submitted on Facebook about 30 minutes ago. And it is what is the impact of pushing the limits of 
what we call if it fits your macros. So for any of you that are unfamiliar with that, that term, you'll see it abbreviated as IIFYM, if it fits your macros. So what this basically means is as long as you have a calorie goal, uh, excuse me, more so a macro goal as opposed to a calorie goal. It's the same thing, but if you're shooting for X amount of protein, X amount of carbohydrates, and X amount of fat, as long as you hit those targets, you can essentially eat whatever the heck you want. So this term, I believe, became popular on bodybuilding.com, and you'll have tons of people like posting pictures of stuff that they're eating, and it's like... You know, if it fits your macros, end of thread, whatever. <laughs> so <clears throat> basically, this person was asking the question, does it really matter? Now, a little over a year ago, I wrote an article called Clean Eating is a Scam. And it ended up turning into uh, a series of three pretty long articles. And I ended up getting a lot of praise and I got a lot of hate. It was actually the most hate I've ever gotten, <laughs> hate mail I've ever gotten from from uh, anything that I've ever written. So it was a, it was a really cool experience, but the, the basis of, of why I did that was because I wanted to prove a point. From a body compositional standpoint, and that's strictly speaking of that, we're not talking about health for now. Strictly from a body compositional standpoint, it does not really matter. I mean, if you're hitting your protein, and that's really important, you're getting enough protein, you're hitting your macro goals, getting enough carbs and enough fats, whatever the goal is, essentially it's not going to really make a difference on you know, a body compositional standpoint. You can get really lean, eating ice cream every day if you want to, fit it into your goals. The problem is, is that while you might look good on the outside, you know, your lab values, if you decide to get your blood taken, you, they might say something otherwise. So I don't really recommend that you eat just a bunch of crap. I don't think we really know in terms of studies, as far as long-term studies on the effects of highly processed food against whole food. I think we can probably gather that eating food that is, is natural and whole, as, as opposed to stuff that comes in a box, is probably better for us. But in saying that, I, I, the only studies we really have, I believe, are that high fructose corn syrup in large amounts. I think the uh, I don't know, Roger, do you know? I think it's like, I think it's, it's anywhere 50 grams. Well, I know 50 grams is like a limit, you know, as far as like refilling muscle or, or liver glycogen. You know, I always think about athletes, like think about athletes that are sucking down um, Gatorade all day long, you know, and they're out on the field, they're practicing, they're in the weight room, you know, they're probably training four to six hours a day. I mean, they're, they're training hard, they need a lot of calories. If you look at how much Gatorade they're, they're taking in, they're definitely getting more than 50 grams of yep. fructose, but you got to look at their activity level. And so I know, I know there's like saying that if you have a lot of uh, high fructose corn syrup, like think about the sedentary person who sits, you know, at their desk all day and drinks like 10 Cokes. That's a ton of high fructose corn syrup. So they're obviously going to have problems. The other uh, issue that we have with processed foods is trans fats. And we know there's been some research on that that shows that we definitely want to stay away from that stuff. So at the end of the day, I think you should really eat whatever you want in terms of, you know, if you have some foods that, you know, may be off limits to you, if you can fit them into your calories and it makes your life easier and it, it helps you stick to your diet, I think it's important to do that. But I always tell clients, cover your bases 
with whole protein sources. I'm really big on eating eating a decent amount of fruit every day because they have a lot of micronutrients, fiber, water. Generally, they just make you feel fuller. And, uh, you know, focus on fats coming from animal products and avocado and uh, other healthy sources. And then at the end of the day, if you want to have your, your favorite ice cream or you want to go get a cheeseburger for McDonald's or whatever, you know, it's okay. But I wouldn't ever really recommend just eating a bunch of junk just to do it. I've done it before just to prove a point that I can maintain a body composition, but I really don't want to do that for the long term just because I am afraid of what it might could do. So, um, yes, I'm off you my need to put the <laughs> need to put the fear of God into you in terms of making sure you don't go back that route because yeah, I've, I've been there myself in terms of just like uh, like fast food consumption just back in the. Um, my younger days, I guess up until a couple years ago, it's, um, you know, I was lean still, but I was, I was pretty much eating fast food every single day, large quantity. Sometimes that'd be all I ate. Just like, okay, I'm home <laughs> from school. Um, getting ready to play some video games. Let's play. Let's get, uh, some supersized fry. Let's get some donuts. And that's all I'm going to eat tonight because I'm lazy. Um, and I did that for years, and like it goes to show you that you still can be, you know, relatively lean, um, just from a calorie standpoint. Those, you know, I was somewhat active, even though I sat around playing video games. Um, but you know, inside, I don't need, I don't even want to know what my insides look like. I'm glad those days are over with. But you know, from now on, I'm like, I'm, let me just stay on top of things. Let me just, you know, not go out of my way to get junk if if I don't need to. But for people in general that haven't gone to those extremes, I think the um, the if it fits your macros approach is really you know it's, it's really all about freedom in the end, and because you know the more structure or the more rigid that people are in terms of what they can or can't eat, the the more difficult it is to get to their goal, and and that's really what it's really what holds people back. Like they have all these beliefs, like oh I can't eat this or that or this or that. Okay, well, if I can't eat that, then what am I going to eat? Oh, forget it. I'm just going to suck and not ever get my goal because this is too hard and I'll never be able to stick to it. It gives them that wiggle room to say, okay, it's fine. If you, if you can fit it in, you know, have some ice cream, have a, have, have a cookie or two, you know, have a peanut butter, banana, sandwich with ice cream. doesn't matter if it fits. It fits, especially if the goal is, you know, let's say fat loss because – I think a lot of the the main benefits, and you'll and you'll see this um, in a lot of interesting experiments like uh, the Twinkie diet and uh, the potato diet, is that essentially you can lose weight eating, lose weight and body fat, losing eating whatever you want to eat as long as it's underneath your maintenance calories, and all of those um, those blood levels linked like like cholesterol and uh, HDL and LDL and triglycerides. They, they're so closely linked to weight that if you lose weight, you they'll drop. Those things will, will you know go down, and that's what a lot of these you know experiments that have been in the, like a CNN and things like that have shown. But what's really you know when you really start to get iffy with if it fits your macros is once you start to take that to the extreme of like putting on um, mass. So if you're trying to gain weight and you're eating junk, that's when. You know, a lot of things that you're eating are def- are getting more stored than if you are when trying to lose fat or weight, and that's where a lot of the health problems come into play. So, uh, it's you really don't want to push the limits 
of that, I mean, there's really no reason to want to go out of your way other than to show that you can do it. But even then, you know, don't go out of your way to get extra junk. Just pretty much cover your bases, get the, the good stuff in. And if you need a little bit to help you, you know, mentally and just give you a little bit of dietary freedom and wiggle room, that's perfectly fine. If it helps keep you on track as opposed to just flipping out and losing it, you know, every week on the weekend because you felt so restricted, then that that alone would go a long, long way. Totally. I think you made some really good points there uh, that people need to keep in mind when, especially on a mass gain diet, because... Uh, yeah, I think I think what you said there was awesome. So we got one more question. It's not really a question. It's kind of just something funny. <laughs> so if any of you are friends with me or Roger on Facebook, you may, if, if you're very active on there, you may have noticed <laughs> me, me or Roger just, just kind of like coming through like a kamikaze commenter. And, and there might be a long thread and we won't write anything except for three words, and it's please be advice. (laughs) 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 So uh, we've gotten questions. It's like, what is this this please be advice thing? And uh, I'll let Roger Roger start with the story just because it was was mainly his his thing, but I kind of ran with it, and now I say it even in real life. Oh, man. So, um... I was try I was trying to get a logo designed uh a couple of months ago. Uh didn't work out too well, but the the guy, he would just I, I don't know where he's from, um but he would randomly he you know, I I'd, I'd send him a reply, send him a message, he'd send me a reply, and then, you know, he'd type out his response, boom boom boom, and then at the end it would just say please be advice. <laughs> and it wouldn't and it, it wouldn't even say advice. I don't it wouldn't even say please be advised, please be advice. Or the C like I don't even know what it means. I'm very confused. Uh, and it, it was never in any context. It's like, oh, my day's going well. All right, we'll be done soon. Please be advice. <laughs> I am perplexed. I don't know what is going on. Um, <laughs> but um, really, for everybody listening, uh, please be advice uh, that this is, this is some serious stuff that's happening all around the world. People are seeing this happen, and they're not speaking out on it like we are. So if you have had someone say, please be advice and you don't know what it means, please let us know so we can kind of band together and figure out what it means. Because I've Googled it. and uh, Google don't show up anything for me, man. I, I've looked it up, and then I can't find anything. I mean, I think it's um, – it's, uh, let's, let's, here we go. Englishforms.com. We're going to read this out loud right now. All right. Bam. Here we go. Question. What does it mean? Is it passive or other type of grammar? Oh, wow. All right. It's talking about grammar. I have no idea. Let's skip that. Good call. Nothing is showing up. But (laughs) it's just funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's funny because I actually told my roommate about it. And it was funny because we were downstairs and I... uh, I was was on my laptop and and there was this huge thread on Facebook. Like, it was like 20, 30 comments. (laughs) And... People were getting pretty heated and talking about something like, I don't know, talking about some diet or paleo or whatever. I don't care. And all I write, all I write is, please be advice. <laughs> and then I sure. just leave. And, and people are like, 
what? What is he talking about? So I'm like, yeah. And so I show my roommate and he was like, he just starts laughing and, and, uh, he was like, what is, what is please be advice? And I'm like, well, um, me and my buddy Roger were trying to get him a logo designed and, and he stopped and he goes, were you dealing with a, were you dealing with somebody, uh, outside of, outside of the U S and, and, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, our designer was definitely not, um, in, in the U S and he goes, Oh, he goes, okay. He goes, so, so this is definitely just a, a language barrier, but I thought it was funny cause he, <laughs> he knew exactly what I was, what I was getting at before I could tell the whole story. Um, so I think he might have had uh, a similar experience. <laughs> But well, now I actually know what it means. After while you were talking, I was looking up some more stuff. Please be advice means let us know what you think. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I never, I never let them know what I thought because of that. But now that I know, I'm going to start using this uh, in everyday, everyday life. I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed now that I know what it means. Um, oh, we ruined the magic. I, I, I actually, I actually tweeted out, just tweeted this out, and all I said was. Please be advice. And my friend Andy Fawcett wrote back and he goes, Okay, JC, if you want me to be advice, that's what I'm going to be. All day, I am advice. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. So, just advice. That's what he said. He's like, All from now on, I'm just, adv- I'm just advice. <laughs> oh, cool. That was great. That was good. So, everyone, I hope you understand now that if you see us writing that, you, you don't think that we're crazy or, well, you might still think we're crazy, but. Um, at least now you'll get the, the backstory and you can, you can get some LOLs with us. So, uh, I think that's pretty it for pretty much it for the third episode. Um, again, if you guys have any questions at all, uh, Facebook is good. You can get us on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. Um, of course you can always email us. Um, anything is fine. Pick up the phone. If you got our number, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Always. Cool. Anything, um, else, anything else, buddy? Um, nope. Other than that, it seems like everyone liked that logo that we picked. Um, is oh, that what we're using? I, man, I don't know. I put that. I thing, look kind of mean. You I, look kind of sad. I don't know, man. I think I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, I, I put it on iTunes already, so you know. okay. Well, I, so, I, yep, I mean, we used it. Hey, man. You know, it, it is what it is. I, I took two. I took two pictures of us, and I put them together, and I sent it to a. I sent it to a designer and. That's what he came up with, so, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's the new logo, people. So def- definitely make sure to check us out on iTunes um, and leave some reviews if you find our lovely fitness and health information helpful. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll have some, some more stuff out uh, here pretty soon. We will be uh, – I will be in Boston uh April 5th through the 9th. So if if any of you uh you know want to meet if you're going to be in the area, Raj and I would love to meet up and maybe get some coffee or hang out whatever. Yes. Oh, also, are you going to be at PAX East on Friday, April 6th, JC? Uh yeah, I will probably come by and troll you guys. Yes. Um yeah, if anyone's going to be in the Boston area on uh April 6th, um Dick Talons and I from uh, Photocracy um, oh, we need to talk about that next podcast. I'm not sure if a lot of people know about that, but photography is pretty much a, a it's like a social networking meets fitness website for 
you know, uh, it's like pretty much a community of like-minded individuals coming together to be awesome in, in fitness and in life. And it's a tracking website as long as well as, you know, you can write on people's walls, you get accomplishments. It uses gaming as a, a form of, you know, motivation and progress is super awesome. And uh, we are going to be speaking at PAX East in um, Boston on uh, April 6th. Let me grab the time for you. I believe it is. Oh, yeah. Let me click this schedule right here. It's going to be on Friday the 6th at. Oh, come on. Can we just do, 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 Oh my goodness. Oh, 12 o'clock. Yes. Gaming and fitness is surprisingly awesome marriage. So we're pretty much going to be talking about gaming and fitness and how, you know, they're not as separate as people might think they are. And we're going to have, uh, it's going to be me, uh, Dick Talons, uh, Matt Siegfried, who is uh, the Guinness Book of World Record holder for uh, Dan Central. Game on Xbox 360, not 360. Could be, though. And then um, Annette Gonzalez, who is um, fitness community manager for Harmonix Music. So it's definitely going to be a good time. If you want to check out PAX, uh, the website is east.paxsite, which is P-A-X-S-I-T-E.com. That's going to be on Friday at noon. Hope to see you there. Yeah. Cool. Well, until next time, please be advice. Please be advice.